What's up, everybody? It's Miles Turner, the Indiana Pacers. You're listening to the Pacers Podcast. Be sure to follow at Pacers on Twitter. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Pacers Podcast, the only Australian NBA podcast with a bias toward the Indiana Pacers, who are coming off a unlikely victory against the LA Clippers and have moved to seventh in the lottery rankings. Thanks, Alex, for the pre-podcast tip on where we are in the lottery rankings. I think everyone's keeping an eye on it right now. But a victory at home against the Clippers, 122 to 116. And it was the the young guys again. I mean, the the Golden State win, now this win, it's it's been a really fun period when all the starters have been injured uh, bar one. I mean, Levert was obviously in today, but for the Golden State team, it was the entirety of the bench unit that, that won the game. And I think if there's one thing that we've seen Justin, I'll start with you. I mean, this team plays harder when the stars aren't on the floor, when the starters aren't on the floor. Yeah, you're right, Adam. And the crowd was half electric again in the fourth quarter when Washington was hitting all those threes, wasn't it? So, again, another little slight to Herb Simon that the fans want to see these rookies play, doesn't he? I'm so excited about Isaiah Jackson. Uh, I know, Alex, you've been hiring him for quite some time before he's even got game time. Um, But, geez, he... Quinn Buckner on the call actually said Pacers have never had someone like Isaiah Jackson. Just think about that. Never had anyone like him. Uh, that's that's a big call to make, but I agree. You know, what do you get? 26 points, 10 rebounds today. He can do it all. So excited by him. And um, yeah, I mentioned to you guys, February, if you're a fan of tanking or losing, February is not a good month for the Pacers because they've got some very winnable games. They've got Thunder, you know, they just beat the Thunder. They got Magic two times. Uh, they got some very winnable games. So, unfortunately, if you're voting on the Pacers uh, Twitter saying, I want a good draft pick, you, I don't think you're going to be too happy after this month. It's a majority of the fans as well, Alex, that are like just, oh, I really want a high draft pick. But, I mean, at the same time, when you've got five guys under the age of 23 that you've drafted or picked up in the last two years in – Duarte, Jackson, Brissett, Taylor, Washington, that are all, you know, playing really well, it kind of doesn't matter because have you already got a good young core and you just kind of didn't know it because you were playing your starters? I think you've got building blocks to be around a top five pick. Yeah. Right. So, and, you know, obviously, again, Pacers fans haven't had a top 10 pick since the oh, 80s. Paul George was well, Paul 10. George was tenth. I mean, yeah. single digits, single digits. Yeah. Oh, single yeah. digits. It's been thirty so, years. I mean, just the, the as, as a selfish person, I want the Pacers to get that uh, top nine pick. I was hoping for top four. It's not looking very likely. You guys know I'm very high on Jaden Ivey, who hit a buzzer beating three for all my uh, guys who are watching college plays. But yeah, look, I, I just think that this is why I've been talking about shutting Brogdon down, and you know, obviously Domas had COVID. So you see what happens, right? Like you give a guy like Isaiah Jackson minutes and he shows you what he can do. He's not going to give you 26 and 10 every night, but he brings some excitement. As Justin alluded to there, like we've literally never had a lob threat. Like uh, you you cannot name one that's been a rolling lob threat. We just haven't had it. So getting those guys, I mean, you, you mentioned Taylor there. I think he had like 15 points today, didn't he, off the bench. He reminds me a little of Alizé Johnson. You're seeing what these young guys can give you. I mean, uh, the, the 2021 draft class, like we've talked a lot about Kevin Pritchard and his shortcomings in the draft, but he hit on every single one. Like literally he hit on every single one this year. 
it was unbelievable. I think he's, you know, three for three. What did we, we drafted Washington in the second round, right? So. Well, we signed him right away. He was undrafted, yeah. but yeah. Yeah. But yeah, he's, his batting average is, is off the charts, Kevin Pritchard. And you're right. And, you know, they'd never do this, but it's the perfect situation to be in to have five or six guys on rookie or unsigned deals that are on, you know, under $5 million a year. And you could take a team's bad salary and get an unprotected first round pick if you wanted to, because you have so much cap flexibility with good young players. Now there is there's no way in hell that the Pacers are going to trade for a bad contract just to get an unprotected first round pick. But Justin, it's just kind of an embarrassment of riches that you have when you've got really good young players making, as we say in Australia, bugger all. Mm. Yes, yes, we do. And I, I think it's, it just really emphasizes the next two weeks of this trade deadline, doesn't it? I think Paces and Rick Carlisle and ownership and management have seen, all right, these, these young players can play. Yeah, they're not going to get you 40 wins in a playoff spot this season, but let's actually build towards the future. The Pacers fans have been saying, play Isaiah Jackson. We want to see him. Like, yeah. why did we... Why did we draft him? Why did we trade to get him? Like, it is ridiculous. We're trading to get people and we're not even giving him the chance to prove themselves. Like, he's been dominating in the G League and, you know, he comes out, I know Corey High sounds a bit silly because he hasn't played much, but 26 and 10, I just think now it makes Miles Turner so much more expandable in the trade market. And I know that's such a big call after Jackson's had one good game, but I truly think it does. There's such a logjam there between Miles, Domas, Goga, and now Jackson, who the fans are really excited about. Tell me, Adam, something something's got to give. Yeah, we've said it. We've said it all season. I think, yeah. At this point, Isaiah Jackson played so well that uh, we're talking about trading everyone, trading both bigs. Why not? Like the all we want. Pacers fans have been so starved for a guy that can catch a lob and finish that we finally got that guy and he's actually shown that he's talented and he's super young and he's on a rookie deal and he's hungry and he's fun to, to watch and fun to root for. And you've got these two big men that are kind of angry half the time, kind of one of them gets a lot of numbers. One's kind of inconsistent with his numbers, but neither of them are one games, one significant games time and time and time again, neither of them are one playoff games. So why keep them if you can get something for them? If Sacramento does really want Demodis Sabonis, yes, get De'Aaron Fox. I beg you, get him tomorrow. Can you imagine De'Aaron Fox throwing lobs to Isaiah Jackson? It'd be a different team. I mean, I just, it's so clear to me that this team functions better when the players enjoy playing basketball together. And I'm sorry, but I don't think Demarcus Sabonis and Malcolm Brogdon would be very fun basketball players to play with unless you were, like me, super slow and wanted to play in the post. Like I would love playing with Malcolm Brogdon because I wouldn't have to run very much. But if you are a young player, then how would you look at Malcolm Brogdon and Demarcus Sabonis and go, oh, wow, really want to play with those guys. Showtime. Bring it on, Alex. It's just, it, it's a boring brand of basketball that no kids want to play. There's a reason the Globetrotters don't run the pick and roll, mate. Um, <laughs> but, but look, I mean, it, it's tough, isn't it? Because you could you look what the Magic did last year. I bought them up a lot, I know. But yep. uh, you can't tell me the Pacers wouldn't get more for Sabonis than what they got for Vucevic, right? Definitely. They got a young player and two first. I think the Pacers can do better than that. Uh, Miles, you probably get what they got for Aaron Gordon, a first and a player. 
uh, Fournier, right? Like you can switch him out with Levert. I think Levert gets you more right now. So the, the Pacers, if they really wanted to, I know they're not going to rebuild. We've talked about it a thousand times, but if they really wanted to, they would be in the best position, I think, out of any team who's like on the brink of rebuilding, like maybe outside of the Trailblazers, because if they trade a Dane, they're going to get so much more. But yeah, I just think that the Pacers have so many good players that can contribute to championship basketball, just not together, if that makes sense. Yeah, that's this team doesn't fit. We've said it, Justin, for a year now. This team does not fit anymore. We need to make moves. And the next, what, 10 days are going to be so pivotal in the next three years of this franchise's existence. I remember there, are, there was one period that was really pivotal, and that was uh, free agency, I think, 2017, when we signed Bojan Bogdanovic. Thaddeus, we traded for Thaddeus Young in the draft and we got um, Darren Collison. And that shaped our team for the next couple of seasons that, you know, we we were kind of retooling. The Paul George trade happened. It led to a really exciting season. This next 10 days feels like a transformative period for the franchise. It feels like it has to be a transformative period for the franchise. But... And I hate to rag on Brogdon, but it's just so ironic that the player that you probably need to trade more than anyone else is the player that you can't trade because you extend him for two years in the offseason. Yeah, it's it's quite hilarious. And a lot of what you just said there, Adam, reminded me, I've actually listened to the Draymond Green. He was on JJ Reddick's podcast. He goes for an hour and a half. If anyone's listening, I highly recommend it after you finish with the Pacers because it was really insightful. And a lot of what Draymond was saying, I was kind of relating back to the Pacers. And I actually really respect Draymond Green's basketball IQ. And he was saying, yeah. you know, all these teams out there now who have no vets, they're just in no man's land. And I thought that that is the Indiana Pacers. Who are their vets? So like, Adam, you're talking about bringing Thad Young and Darren Collison. And yeah, that's when the Pacers were successful, doesn't it? So it kind of ties back to what Draymond was saying. And he was kind of also alluding to the fact, uh, you know, I will, I'll say he's not talking about the Indiana Pacers. I was just alluding to the Pacers and what he yeah. was saying and, um, he was saying he can tell when he goes into a locker room or plays he goes against how much they love the game of bustle. Are they the ones who are in it for the fame and the women and the money and the cars? Or are they, you know, someone got like Kobe work ethic or something like that? And he said 85% of players in the league right now don't have that love for the game of basketball. And I don't know. I'm on the outside. I live in Australia. But I can just – my guess is there's not many – people on the Pacers roster that would love the game of basketball. And I mean that in a sense was, I, I don't know how much extra work they're doing. I don't know, you know, how much extra reps they're doing. Whereas, you know, you got superstars in the league putting in all this extra effort. I don't know. Am I wrong here or am no, I just talking? Wrong. You are not wrong at all. I, I don't think these, this team, this roster has the passion that previous rosters have had. And it's partially because they don't enjoy playing together. They clearly don't enjoy playing the game of basketball together. And, you know, I, I hesitate to do the Bill Simmons thing and say, we've all played basketball. But if you've ever been on a basketball court, you would know the feeling of enjoying playing a game and not enjoying playing a game. And usually the games that you enjoy are with other people, teammates that you enjoy playing with because you know where they're going to be, what they're going to do. They're going to get you involved. You're going to get them involved and it's going to be fun. And usually that leads to winning. And that's part of the reason it's fun because you won. So 
this team isn't winning, doesn't enjoy playing together. And that's kind of a perpetual motion thing where you don't win. So you don't enjoy playing together. So you don't win. So you don't enjoy playing together. But uh, at the same time, it's clear that we have a, a lack of a leader and a lack of personalities that are people that galvanize the, the locker room, that bring people together, that, you know, call out the BS, that, make sure that veteran that young players know what the, the right way to behave, the right way to prepare is. And who's our vet? We don't have one. And I would love nothing more than us to trade for a vet that has a reputation as someone who works really, 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 really hard and holds others accountable. I, yeah, well, I don't even need them to be a great player. I just need them to have those personality traits. Al, Al Jefferson, mate. He was yeah. like that that yep. guy for Miles and Sabonis a little bit in 2017. I remember them. They've talked a lot about him, and it's funny because didn't Kevin Pritchard make a big note of that? Yeah. In the press conference, he was like, "Adonis Haslam for the Heat. There's a reason he keeps coming back. Yeah. Or sorry, there's a reason they keep bringing him back. I should say. And then we just didn't. Maybe no one wanted to come here. Maybe no veteran wanted to sign in the off season. Who knows? But I mean, yeah. Lance is our veteran. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Literally. Yeah. I mean. <laughs> TJ McConnell, maybe? I mean, I don't know. We just well, don't have any leader, really. The moment we've been waiting for since September is finally here. In honor of the big game, DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of Super Bowl 56, is giving new customers 56 to 1 odds on either team. Bet just $5 and get 280 in free bets if your team wins. DraftKings Sportsbook is now live in New York, meaning you can bet from almost a third of the country. If Sportsbook isn't in your state yet, play DraftKings Daily Fantasy Football Contest for Super Bowl 56. New customers can get a free shot at a $1 million top prize with their first deposit. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app, use promo code TBPN and get 56 to 1 odds on either team. Bet just $5 and get 280 in free bets if your team wins. That's promo code TBPN at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of Super Bowl 56. 21 plus minimum age and location requirements vary by jurisdiction. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for full list of requirements and state-specific responsible gaming resources. Void where prohibited. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. In Tennessee, call or text the TN Redline, 1-800-889-9789. In Connecticut, call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org slash chat. In New York, call 887-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369. To quickly go on it as well, Draymond actually did say he wouldn't be as good as he is without veteran presence like Jarrett Jack, who was a previous pacer, Jermaine O'Neal, who was a previous pacer. He said without those vets when he was young, he'd be half the player he is. And you just go back to his pacer locker room now, it's like, what's Chris Duarte's future like when he's got no one teaching him how to you know, conduct himself in the league? He's got no one. What, what hope does he have going forward? He, yeah, he's not being taught how to prepare. He's not being taught how to play. He's not being taught how to, you know, take care of his teammates and build team chemistry because we don't have any team chemistry with the exception of the games like today, when the young guys show out, that is yeah. the most passion that you see from the Pacers players. It's, it's crazy to see how happy they are to see the younger guys succeed. And it's great to see that. But what does that tell you about the veterans on this team that the energy comes from the youth it tells you exactly, Justin, what you were saying, that it looks like these veterans don't like playing both together and don't like playing for this team and don't like playing potentially the game of basketball currently. 
Now that's not to say they can't recapture that somewhere else, but Alex, they got to go somewhere else to recapture that. Yeah, I think, look, uh, I mean, I don't want to beat a dead horse, but, you know, guys like Miles, guys like Levert, I think you, you can tell they're looking for a new home, right? Like the roles yeah. just don't suit them here. I don't know if it's a coaching thing. I don't think it is. We've had like three. Personality. Two and a half years. personality so. to me. Yeah. Um, look, uh, I mean, yeah, as you guys said, nine days away from the deadline. That, that's all I'm looking at right now. Counting down the days like it's Christmas, mate. If we are, I will ask you this, guys, though. If you wake up and the Pacers have made no moves, or, or let's say we've made one move, but it's like Justin Holiday or, or Craig being traded, what, what's going to be your reaction? Justin. Oh, man. Pacer Nation, mute my Twitter because you're not going to want to read the F words <laughs> that come out of my Twitter account. I'll, 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 honestly, I will swear, and I may even log into the Pacers account and drop an F bomb. We. We probably can't record that day. We probably have to record that day, but we probably can't. I mean, we will record straight after the trade deadline regardless, but if we don't make any moves, I think it's going to be one of those experiences where people download that episode because they're just as angry as we are. And they want to hear how angry we are. And it's kind of a hate listen thing. We're all going to be so mad. Just quickly, Adam, and like you said, it's it's a massive nine days in this franchise because we're all fans, but this could swing either way. Let's just say they make no moves and Herb Simon and Pritchard come out and said, no, nah, we want to push for the play-in. How is that going to make us all feel? Oh, you know, I, we're expecting a trade, but, you know, if you're a Pacer fan, this could go this could go the other way and we sit here in 10 days and go, hey, this franchise has issues. The, I don't think the front office are aware of the vitriol that the fan base will spill if they don't make changes. I think the fan base is fed up. They are tired. They are over it. They want to see that this franchise is committed to building something over time that ends up being a contender because right now you are not building anything in Indiana and that is not any one person's fault. It is a collective and therefore it has to change. This is, this has become, you know, irreconcilable differences, I think is the celebrity term. Every time celebrities get a divorce, it's irreconcilable differences. That's exactly what the paces are at right now as a roster. We need to move on from a lot of these players and a lot of these players deserve an opportunity to enjoy the game of basketball somewhere else. It is a dire situation if we do not make a trade. It is. Well, I think, crazy. I mean, Alex, I'll let you speak on it because you've been the most vocal about Jaden Ivey. I've just started watching him, but you've mentioned weeks ago, why, why don't we do the Memphis, you know, game plan of build around a John Moran with Jaden Ivey kind of looks like John Moran. Why don't we, why don't we push towards that future? Fans don't want to see a rebuild, mate. Come on. <laughs> I'm telling you, fans would rather fans would rather see Ivy running around in a Pacers uniform next year than Brogdon. Yeah, but, but seriously, what are we competing for over the next three months? We're not. We are not competing for anything meaningful over the next three months. Nothing. So you're so telling me the playing game is not meaningful, Adam? The playing is not meaningful. The nine ten game is not meaningful. Newsflash. Doesn't mean anything. If you are competing for the 9-10 in the 9-10 playing game and you are not a young up-and-coming team, you failed. Yep. You 
failed spectacularly. And the reason that that 19 game is should be fun is because the Jamarant teams of the world end up winning it and end up maybe taking a game off a of one seed. And everyone says, wow, here comes Jamarant next year. And look what happens. Here comes Jamarant. So that's why these games are fun. I mean, it's just, it's crazy to me that as a veteran team, which this is, that you would be aiming for the play-in because that's as high as you could possibly get and everything would have to go right. So why? Why? To, to go along with that, Adam, Paul George's rookie season when we got swept against Chicago in the first round, that was fun, like you're yes. talking about. You know why it was fun? Because we were young and you could say, oh, wow, in a few years, they could they could make a push. What did they do? Make a push, Game 7 Eastern Conference Finals. Now the last seasons when we're playing Boston in the playoffs and getting swept, how boring have they been? It's like, oh, yep, swept. There's no future. They're going to be doing the same thing year in, year out. Yeah, I, I think you're going to see a different level of frustration from the mm. three of us if there are no trades made. There has to be some move made. There has to be some decision made. And I think no decision at all would lead to... And it, once we like Kevin Pritchard. He came on the show, but we can't help but be angry if nothing happens at the trade deadline. With everything that's occurred in this franchise the last couple of years... If you do not make a decision on one of Miles Turner, Demata Sabonis, or neither, because that's a, a decision that you could choose, if you still keep going with both of those guys on this team, it shows that you do not know what to do next. Yeah. You don't have a clear vision for what is next. Because Domas's trade value is high. Miles's trade value isn't great because of his foot right now. So maybe you want to leave it until the offseason before you trade him. But Domas, is Domas going to be on the next championship contending team for the Pacers? Like, is that, if we retool, draft a rookie and have Domas on the team next year and the year after and the year after that, is a rookie going to be able to grow with a post-touch, slow-moving guy on the team regardless of his passing ability? I don't know. Uh, that's the problem, right? Like when you talk about retooling, what are we retooling to? Like yeah. the sixth seed? Like that doesn't do anything. I, I think uh, the reason I keep talking about the Grizzlies is because they were in a similar situation, right? Yeah. They had a lot of guys who were borderline all stars, but weren't good enough to to compete for for a championship. They knew that, so they decided to go bottom out. Uh, sometimes that's what you have to do. You have to take a few steps backwards to take a lot of steps forward. So. I would be disappointed with the retooling, as you kind of said there, Adam. I just think it, it gets us to what, like the fifth and sixth at best. So, yeah, I'm I'm full on rebuild still, even even with everything that's happened. Yeah, it's it's going to be a, a really interesting next week and a half. We're planning to bring bring you plenty of content in the month of February, uh, including at the trade deadline. Stay tuned for another episode later this week. We've been the Paceroos. Thanks so much for listening. Mm-hmm.